This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 172. This week, travel editor Rhiannon chats to Alex about her recent trip to Turkey. They talk about Istanbul's East meets West culture and the city's mashup between old and new, where traditional tea houses and kebab shops nudge up against hip restaurants and cafes. Then they move on to a resort in the Aegean coast, where chefs use ingredients from the farm, such as pomegranate, vine leaves and homemade feta in dishes and cocktails. It's travel editor Rhiannon here, and today I'm talking Turkey, the country, not the bird, with um, Olive's digital editor, Alex. At the start of every year in Olive, we publish our hot list, an online roundup of hotels, trips and destinations, the team tips for some of the most exciting foodie travels over the coming year. And back in January, we predicted that Turkey, whose tourism industry had had a bit of a rough time over the last few years, would creep back onto travellers' radars in 2019. And it did. Um, Alex, you were one person who followed that trend, visiting both the capital Istanbul and an Aegean beach resort over the past few months. Yes. Yeah, I did both in one trip, which was um, great because it shows that what a contrast um, Turkey offers. And it's such a great destination for food. So it's too tempting not to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, first I went to Istanbul, the capital. Um, and this is known for its East meets West culture, beautiful tiled mosques and buzzing bazaars. But it's also somewhere you can get a real sense of the mashup between the old and new, I found, especially with the food, of course, which is what we focus on here. Yes. Um, and so you, you've got traditional tea houses and kebab shops, but they're like nudged up against hip restaurants and cafes and cutting edge bars. So what kind of things did you eat when you were there? Uh, everything. <laughs> of course. Um, but I'd say, surprisingly, uh, street food is the place to start. So uh, we actually visited during Ramadan. And um, so we were a bit reluctant to eat in the streets because when I went to uh, Morocco, to Essaouira, for an olive trip a couple of years ago, we obviously found that we shouldn't be eating on the streets because it's disrespectful. Um, but because actually, people are fasting during the day. Exactly. And, you know, you're going to somebody else's country and you're completely uh, disrespecting their, um, their, not rules, but their Customs. beliefs. Um, but this wasn't an issue at all, which really shows how multicultural Istanbul is. Uh, so we, as well as obviously, obviously there's Donna kebab stores in every corner. And they have amazing is. kebabs, don't oh, they? They yeah. are just they are so good. I went with my brother away. and he literally ate like two kebabs like every lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite fit two in, but uh, I did have plenty. Um, and actually, we also visited uh, one kebab shop uh three times I think it was in three days and it was actually uh, Durham Zada of Anthony Bourdain fame Um, and you know sometimes you're a bit reluctant to visit these places that are on the foodie like well trudged track as we say Um, but it definitely lived up to the hype and we sat out on the street and were presented with this huge mixed grill which had chicken skewers, minced lamb and then tender skewers of like whole pieces of lamb which was served with like the lavash flatbreads which are the like really crisp but like they they're put on the grill and uh, so the juices are all like um, soak into it and then you use those to mop up more juices so yeah 
you can imagine. Oh, God, I want you to again. Um, But also under the Galata Bridge uh, that connects the Galata and Karakoy districts with the Spice Bazaar and the mosques and that side. Um, The restaurants all offer mackerel and sardine wraps under the bridge, but that is a little bit of a tourist trap again. Um, And I was recommended to get one from the small local fish market on the Karakoy side. I was going to um, say, you want it straight from where it's being yeah, fished, Yeah, definitely. You, really? Not these big restaurants. So we went to Karakoy Fish House, which was just on the, tucked under the bridge on the Galata side. And it's just a bit of a less of a tourist trap and you can see all the, the fish laid out. And again, well, yeah, we were a bit reluctant to eat on the streets, but it was absolutely fine, which shows how, how you know, multicultural and forward thinking is. And what about those hip cafes and restaurants? Well, yeah, it was amazing, really. Like the, the contrast um, of the mosques and all this like, ancient culture. And then there's a district called Karakoy, uh, which is, um, I, I just as a caveat, I did only, because it's such a huge city, yes. I did only visit the um, the Western side, the European side of Istanbul and definitely will be going back to the, Asian side because apparently that's got really really up and coming that's districts right. it's as split well by the Bosphorus yes. isn't it yeah that iconic east, and west, east yeah. meets west bridge um but I will be definitely going back to visit that district but on the western side the Kar- Karakoy district is the real hit of the place. river the Bosphorus river sorry I should just make that yes clear. sorry so you've got uh, the, the bridge goes across yes the river yeah. Um, and uh, Karakoy District has loads of really cool cafes and little bistros and the cafes all offer, still offer the traditional tea and coffee for the equivalent of max two pounds. You know how in England and like London and America, like coffees are about four quid now. <laughs> um, but there was a really cute place called Kuma Cafe and that served coffee and saffron lace cakes and all sorts of baits as well as Turkish breakfasts of like curd cheese, marmorous honey, olive and flatbreads. And then there's also a really buzzing bar scene, which um, my bartender friends in London were all really excited about the fact that I was going and recommended loads of places, which was, again, quite unexpected. And great to have those recommendations as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You never know where the best places are unless you've got a personal yeah definitely pointer. and it pays to know yeah pays to know bartenders so <laughs> give them a give a, a nice time when it's time you go to a bar um so our favorite was more tenders which we visited twice um and this is just to say like usually when I visit a city because there's so much to visit I usually go to places once, but this Istanbul really showed because I visited a few places more than once. So it really shows how how great the places were. (laughs) Um, And this place is called More Tenders and it was a really cool cocktail bar. It was a really buzzy atmosphere. And we had these super smooth Negroni-like cocktails laced with cinnamon and there's plenty of coffee-based drinks as well. Oh, it sounds so delicious. Um, the food and the drink, but you know, especially the food. If I had to eat one type of food forever, I think it would be Turkish. It's so simple and plant-rich, isn't it? Well, apart from those delicious grilled meats, <laughs> um, but it's so and it's got so much flavour and variety. And I think I really like the fact that the dishes tend to the best ones tend to be home cooked kind of, and ancient recipes that have been passed down through generations. Um, 
I once walked the Lycian Way along Turkey's turquoise coast, which was beautiful. Um, and I stayed in little village houses where the village granny, the local grannies <laughs> would do all the cooking, um, which is really good when you've been hiking all day. You can eat as much as you like. Sounds but amazing. it was, the food was just some of the best I've ever had, you know, lovely salads and stews and the lavash bread that you were mm. talking about. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like the kind of mezzo food I ate at Club Marvi, which was the Aegean, is it Aegean? Aegean. Aegean uh, beach resort I visited uh, after Istanbul. Um, it, so it was an all-inclusive hotel. So I was expect, you know, you have these expectations of like a hotel yeah. buffet, um, but I was proved very wrong because uh, there was a buffet, but there was a real, real commitment to local ingredients with a lot of the veg plucked straight from the hotel owner's mother's organic 200-hectare farm, which That's was, so um, yeah, yeah, had that up their sleeves. Um, and the Turkish station showcased like, traditional dishes such as deep-fried manti dumplings filled with minced lamb, which I went back for, like, five helpings, probably. <laughs> they're, lovely, aren't they? they're a bit like little ravioli, like... Actually, not little, big ravioli, are they? Yeah, they're like parcels and Mm. they're often... Yeah, you can get them filled with vegetables as well, but it's usually mint slam. Um, And they also had things like spiced chicken stew and lots of glistening vegetables. And then there was a whole section dedicated to metze, so you get that grilled aubergine, stuffed vine leaves, and as you were saying, huge range of salads. Um, And you can also get like whole sea bass grill to order and then pieces of lamb from charcoal skewers that they just slide directly onto your plate and then also there is a huge dessert table (laughs) piled high with baklava and pomegranate ice cream and chocolate delices oh it was amazing it sounds really good um and you got to actually visit the farm, didn't you? Did you? What kind of things do they grow, and what, what did they use in the cook in the kitchen then? Yeah, so the farm is it was probably my favourite part of the whole trip um, because we got to see all of this produce growing in the sun. It was just such a beautiful place. They don't actually do tours of the farm but they have a, a restaurant on the farm so I would highly recommend going and just seeing the surroundings as vineyards and olive oh, groves it's, such a nice place it's to eat. gorgeous and we were just we were <laughs> we had a tour from the owner um who is this amazing woman she was so inspiring and we just walked through the olive groves through the pomegranate like it was just it was just incredible and they they make their own like grassy cold pressed olive oil and they hand pick vine leaves to wrap around like sticky rice and they grow so many exotic fruits such as pomegranates and malta plums for the mavi cocktails um and then back at the resort so cocktails are shaken with asian herb infused spirits so for example we had Aperol spritz garnished with vine leaf and dried orange and G&Ts laced with sh- the sharp little pomegranate seeds that we'd seen growing before. So it was just so really idyllic. Special. <laughs> um, I saw a lovely picture on your Instagram feed of you having um, a glass of wine at sunset. Was that at the resort as well? Yeah, so that was back at the resort at the adults-only Diggum and restaurant that honestly boasted some of the most spectacular sunsets I've ever seen over the the sea and the mountains and the colours were unbelievable if you just imagine a sunset in your head (laughs) like you know it's 
is offers all of those colors like the oranges the purples the pinks and um this restaurant actually gets its name from the farm as they offer like made to order dishes with local ingredients and also breakfast as well you can have there looking over the sea <laughs> um oh that's so nice it, um i've got to do a little plug that reminds me of my all-time favorite hotel which is in turkey it's called hotel azure in a village called sirali which is not far from antalya um and if anyone with children is listening and looking for a family holiday, I can't recommend it enough. We've been there twice and really loved it. Um, it's got these little cottages set among lovely gardens full of scented jasmine and roses. And there's a swimming pool and a little restaurant serving just the kind of dishes we've been talking about. And behind it are these beautiful orange and pomegranate groves. It's also five minutes walk from a really spectacular beach, a big arc of crescent of sand, actually pebbles. Um, and uh, then there are these little Turkish cafes where you sit on cushions sipping gritty coffee and eating Turkish delight or salads sprinkled with sumac and almonds. Um, and the last time we stayed there, we met the owner's mother. And she showed our two boys a fruiting mulberry tree in the garden and invited them to pick and eat as many mulberries as they liked. Oh, that's it's so just really sweet. special. So I, I'm a real big fan of turkey. Yeah. And the food. Me too. Like I you're really making me want to go back with that as well. And like even remembering this trip that I went on. And I yeah, I definitely think as as we've demonstrated, there's just such a huge contrast in what you can do there. It's not just like Istanbul or like grilled meats that you've got your real real local um ingredients that are different straight from the farm yeah Mm -hmm. um so if anyone wants any inspiration for their turkey trip then look out for my insta travel feature in the current september issue um and also i am just finishing writing up my istanbul feature which is convenient (laughs) for the march issue so we've got a few months to wait for that but there's plenty online as well on olivemagazine.com So do check it out. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you liked this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our brand new October issue on the newsstand now, or go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.